Good morning, everyone. How, how are you all doing? Thank you. Today, it was an exciting worship set. I hope you all enjoyed that. It was, uh, I was sitting in the back there, and I was uh, enjoying it so much. I was uh, looking around the room. I know I was supposed to have my eyes closed, <laughs> but <laughs> I was looking around the room, and I got such joy of just seeing everybody with their arms raised. And, you know, some people have their arms way up there. You know, they're, they're, they're full tilt. Some people have their hands down here, and some are just kind of moving their head. However you worship and praise, that's awesome. Just, I'm just glad that you enjoy it and to put a big smile on my face. Thank you uh, for doing that. And then also, uh, Pastor Ricky, I mean, I could have left after he got up and just did his little, uh, just his sharing right there. I mean, that was powerful alone. Did y'all get something out of that? And to have, a, have an altar, yeah, amen. And to have an altar call within a matter of a few minutes, <laughs> I guess this is just, I'm just going to give you some icing for the cake. How about that? Uh, so anyway, uh, if you weren't here last week, we, we started on a series called uh, Living in the Goodness of God. And I covered a few things. I'm going to go ahead and just kind of bring us up to speed. So if you did miss anything, you can kind of catch up quickly. It'll be a brief overview. And then we'll dive into some stuff for this week into part two. And let me remind you, first of all, three points from the series as we're journeying forward here. Um, number one, what was our, what's our response when God doesn't reply the way we want? And that's what we covered last week. And I'll talk about that here in a minute again. Number two point is, can we find purpose in the pain? Is there a reason for the pain? And we'll talk about that today. And then number three, we're going to wrap up with, how does community factor into the situation? How does community factor into the situation? And as many of you know, I'd overcome uh, cancer uh, last year. At this time, I'd been diagnosed and going through treatments. And I'm, I'm still healing some, so my salivary glands are still coming back. So I'll grab water as we go through this. So just kind of bear with me if I have to take a break a second. Is that cool with everybody? Fantastic. Thank you. Um, so as we discussed last week, uh, the first point, what's our response when God doesn't reply the way we want? Also, in, in how in times when things don't go, uh, don't, when we do what the Word says, but they don't go the way that we want or the way that they appear they should be working, what do we do? And several of us agreed that we were in that position uh, when we talked last week. So how should we respond when we're in these situations? You know, what are we supposed to be doing? To handle those situations, number one, we're going to increase our reading. The more time you can spend with God, seek after God. The more you read with Him, the more He exposes to you. We're going to pray more. You saw Pastor Ricky tonight praying, today praying. I got here earlier today. There were people praying here in the church for everyone in here before church even started today. Uh, so it's powerful. Make sure you're praying more. Journal more. Spend more time writing out what God's done for you so you can be thankful. Worship more. Associate more. Get around people as much as you possibly can. I know we got with John and Milvia for dinner the other night. It's just awesome to be able to associate with fellow Christians. Remember, remember also the story of the 10 lepers we talk about in the book of Luke and how they were healed as they went. Their healing didn't happen immediately, like Bartimaeus, as Pastor Rick was mentioned today, but their healing came as they went. So for us, what does that mean? That means we're going to keep stepping. We're going to keep walking this out. We're going to stick with it. Have any of you, did any of you have to step this week? Yeah, I know I had to keep stepping this week. There was several struggles that came my way. We keep stepping. We stick with it. You know, the reason being is our miracle could be in that next step. Don't fall short of, that, of the taking that next step. Sometimes the answers in our healing come immediately, but often it's going to be after we walked it out. And we have to speak God's promises. Speak the word as you're going through this. That's how we walk it out. That's how we step, keep stepping. Speak God's principles, His promises. And we persevere. Why do we persevere? Well, remember James 5, 11, and this is out of the New International Version. As you know, 
we considered blessed those who have persevered. You have heard of, Je- of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. I wanted to define blessed and persevere today. Blessed is defined as enjoying great happiness and blissfulness. Blessed is defined as enjoying great happiness and blissfulness. This is the reward for persevering. Perseverance is defined as continued effort to do or achieve something despite difficulties, failure, or opposition. So we put those together as we read this verse. You are blessed. You're enjoying great happiness and blissfulness as you persevere, as you continue forward to do or achieve something despite difficulties, failures, or oppositions. Your perseverance leads to that finally. The finally of your miracle will arrive. And if it didn't come as you wanted, if your miracle didn't appear maybe as you wanted, I will, I will venture to say something good did come. Correct? Something good did come. And the reason being is because God is that good to us. God is so good to us. You still got something good, even if it wasn't though what you thought you needed. It's what he knew you needed. He's, he's so good to us that he gives us many blessings. And when I say many, it's M-I-N-I, many blessings. He gives us many blessings through the trials. Think about the trials that you all have been through. I'm confident in this next statement. I, w- I would venture to say there were many blessings during your trials. You may not feel like you saw them and you feel deserted at the time, but if you looked closely, he provided little blessings that propelled you forward. Would you not agree? I, I kind of call them breadcrumb blessings. They help you take the next step. They help lead you onward. They empower you. They encourage you to take the next step. Let me share a few examples. As I was being diagnosed with cancer last year, I was referred to an ENT. And you know as many people around this area, there's a lot of ENTs. Well, I just happened to, to find an ENT, and as I went to this person, it turned out he happens to be from West Virginia, went to the same school that I went to, knew some of the people that I knew, and knew the area real well. What are the odds that I would find that gentleman here? And why was that important? Why was that a mini blessing? Because when you're going through a stressful event, doesn't it feel good if you have a point of commonality with people, some of you can relate to you? And not only that, here was another mini blessing. He referred me for my PET scan. As I went to get my PET scan, they were injecting me with the radiation dye. And as I heard the woman speak, you could hear an accent. And when I asked her where she was from, she said, from West by God, Virginia. <laughs> I'm like, thank you, Lord. Just another person. And the reason I bring that up, because these, these folks went above and beyond for me just because I think we had a, common, a point of commonality. Just cool how God does these type of things. Another blessing that came out of the treatment, another mini blessing, is that the treatment team that I was assigned is one of the best treatment teams in the area. I couldn't end ended up anywhere, but I was able to end up with the best treatment team for the type of illness that I was going through. Another blessing. They fought so hard for me. They fought so hard so I didn't have to get a feeding tube. They went above and beyond to make sure I was taken care of. Another little blessing, I got to keep the rest of my hair that I do have. There's a little thin stripe in the back that's gone, but whatever I do have left, I, did, I was able to save. So I think that was a little blessing. I just want you to realize that these little blessings, they're always in the midst of your trial, and you will see them if you start looking. Start looking for the blessings in these trials, please. And last week, we also shared the football story about how I quit 
right before I would have got that interception. It should have been mine, but because I quit, I didn't get the blessing. So remember, we don't quit. We don't give up. Our breakthrough might be in that next step. Continue forward. And lastly, last week, the story riding the wakeboard. We talked about where we tighten our grip, especially when we can't see enough in front of us because the water's in our face, because something's blocking our view. Remember, God's driving, and he's taking us where he needs us to be. Yeah, there's going to be abrupt twists and turns along the way. You are going to get sore. You're going to get tired of holding on. But when we arrive, we'll be stronger. We'll be better equipped to handle the calling that God has for you. When we do arrive, you will be stronger and better equipped to handle that calling that God has for you. And this is going to bring us up, bring us to the second point. So that was a quick uh, recap from last week. Our second point, the purpose and the pain. Is there purpose in the pain? Have you ever asked that question? I know it's kind of rhetorical. A lot of us have asked that question. What purpose could there be in someone's suffering? And this pain doesn't always have to be something physical. It could also be emotional pain. Have you ever asked God, why God, why? Why am I going through this and not get an immediate answer? There's a book I'm reading I'd recommend called Plan B by Pastor Pete, Peter Wilson, Pete Wilson. And in this book, he states, we often treat God as a vending machine. You insert the right amount of money, press the code, and out pops what we're hungry for. It takes about 45 seconds. We seem to want our answers from God that way also, immediately. Another thing we need to look at is how do we respond when something does persist, when it's not immediately resolved? You may keep asking God to take the pain away or the situation away, and he doesn't. What I find is that we live in such a performance equals success-oriented world that a lot of times it can make us think that we must have done something wrong to cause this. It must have been us that caused this. Or, or, we, or we think that we didn't do enough. Or we didn't believe enough. Or we're tempted to think that God's just trying to teach us a lesson. I've heard that from Christians before. Have you ever doubted during the trial that he even hears you and what you are supposed to do? Have you ever doubted during the trial that he hears you and you doubted what you're supposed to do? Well, I don't know the answers to all the questions. I wish I did. But what I found is that as Christians, we seem to have a lot more questions than there are answers. Just hit me. I guess that's why we need faith. But going through the cancer trial, it did show me what we're supposed to do. I found out what I was supposed to do. I found out the will of God for my life. Not what my purpose was. Not what my calling is. But what the will of God is for my life. How many of you would like to know what the will of God is for your life? I should see everybody's hand. You'd like to know the will of God for your life. Well, I'm going to share that with you right now. And if you have your Bibles, you can turn to 1 Thessalonians 5, 16, and 18. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18. I'll give you a second to go ahead and look that up. Here's the will of God. Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you. For this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. And that may sound cool to people. But some of you still may be thinking, no, no, really, what are we supposed to do? What are we really supposed to do? You may be thinking that, you know, I've got, I've got real situations here I'm dealing with. I'm struggling here. I'm barely making it. You know, give me some meat today, Don. I need something more than just a, a, a saying, a cool little cliche. I need more. I just gave you meat. I just did. 
This is what we're supposed to do. And I'll read it again. Always be joyful. Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. It may sound a little too simple to us. And we think we need to do so much more. But let me ask you, have you done those things yet consistently? Have you done those three things yet consistently in the, in, when trials come? It's easy to be happy when, we're going, when things are going the way we want. But how are we when things aren't going the way we want? Also, we're talking about something more than just being happy here. Joy is the fruit of the Spirit, as it's stated in Galatians. And in Nehemiah, it stated, the joy of the Lord is our strength. The joy of the Lord is our strength. It's more than just being happy. Joy is, a fuller, is, is much fuller than just being happy. It includes more than feeling, feelings of good cheer, vibrant happiness. It's more deep-rooted. It's an inspired type of happiness. Ask yourself, have you ever been full of joy during an unpleasant circumstance, or did you find yourself, like I did, complaining and whining? Also, do we pray often when circumstances, or when we're, in, when, these, when we're in these circumstances? Do we pray often during these unpleasant things, or do we just pray for a few minutes every day? Do we actually run to our prayer closets, as Pastor Ricky had mentioned previously? And your prayer closet doesn't have to be a closet like his is. It can be wherever you feel comfortable praying. But do you have a place that you run to and pray? A, spent, a place to come and, and get uh, close with God? Or do you just spend, spend some time real quick just over meals and shooting up those arrow prayers? Oh, God, help me as you keep going on. Are you really spending time in prayer? And also, are we thankful always during the unpleasant circumstances? Or as I had mentioned before, are we complaining about complaining and looking at what's lacking? Are we complaining and looking at what's lacking? Or are we thankful always during the circumstances? I know I've done a lot of whining and complaining, especially as I was going through the cancer treatments. However, as time passed, I started to catch on a little bit more, and I started to become more thankful. And you might even ask me, you know, if we were standing there talking over a cup of coffee, how were you thankful? You're facing a terminal illness. How were you thankful? Well, there's two things, and I'll share these with you quickly. Number one, God never said, God never said be joyful, pray, and be thankful for the circumstance. He said to be thankful in the circumstance. We tend to focus on the circumstance instead of on God. And we tend to focus on the circumstance instead of what Christ has done for us on the cross. We don't look at the circumstances. We're to look, we're to, look to God. Look at what Jesus did on the cross for us. And it's so easy to say that to you. And it's so tough to do at times. I've heard it said that we only control our actions and our attitudes and what we focus on will dictate our direction. When we focus on the goodness of God, we can be joyful. We want to pray more and we become thankful for all he's done when we focus on the goodness of God. But again, but again here you might be saying to me, well, how can I do these things when I'm struggling in the midst of this trial? I need to break through now. I'm hurting. That's why I'm here. Well, this is the way you do that. You need to refocus your mindset. You've got to refocus how you think. Understand this trial is doing something good for you and the kingdom. Realize the trial you're going through is doing something good for you and the kingdom. 
I know it's hurting and, it's, and you're struggling as you're going through this. I totally understand that. I can relate. But I want you to understand why you can be joyful, prayerful, and thankful during the trial. Here's why. Think of this. If you knew something difficult was actually working in your favor, if, without a shadow of a doubt, you knew something that was difficult was working in your favor, that it was going to benefit you, that though it may be extremely hard, it was going to benefit you, could you go through that with a different mindset? Could you persevere? A- absolutely. Then we need to be joyful, we need to be praying, and we need to be thankful in the circumstances because of this next scripture I'm going to share with you. It's Romans 8, 28. And I'll let you look it up real quick. Awesome. Somebody said they knew it. Fantastic. <laughs> Romans 8, 28. And here's why you can be joyful, prayerful, and thankful in circumstances. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purposes for them. We know. That means we fully understand that God causes everything. That means all things to work together for your good because you love God and you're called according to his purposes. These things are working out for your good. If you know what's working out for your good, can you be thankful in the circumstance? See, these circumstances, they are pleasant at the time, but there is a purpose, and that purpose is for your good. So you can be joyful, pray, be thankful, because God is moving on your behalf, and he's moving on the behalf of others. It's not always just about us. So keep renewing your mind to Romans 8, 28. You might have to read it many times and just meditate on it. See, this is a spiritual response to circumstances that will prosper our souls. As I meditated on this, the Holy Spirit revealed the power in these three components to me, When we focus on God and not the circumstances, these three, joy, prayer, thanksgiving, they come and they build us up. Think about how ill we feel when we focused on the negative, when we're focused on the negative circumstances and we're complaining. And complaining doesn't change anything anyway. It's like poison to our soul. It will make us ill and lack-minded. Have you noticed that when you're thinking negative and there's no hope, how you don't feel well? Our relationships even suffer. However, when we focus on the goodness of God, these three will empower us and they'll strengthen us. When we focus on the goodness of God, joy, prayer, thankfulness will empower us. We'll be energized. And when this occurs, we're going to be more impactful for the kingdom. What may appear as a tragedy to the world, your struggle may appear as a tragedy to the world, can actually be turned into a triumph for the kingdom. What may appear as a tragedy can actually be turned into a triumph for the kingdom. And you may ask, well, how do I know this? How do I know that uh, we can be more impactful for the kingdom? Well, this trial that I'm going through, it allowed me to pray for the healing of many other people who were suffering from various illnesses. It allowed me to invite people to church who had walked away from their faith. This trial put me in contact with several people that I would not have met had I been healed immediately. If I had been healed immediately, I would not have met the people that I did meet. It put me in contact with people who were worse off than I was. Let me share a story with you. At one point, um, as I mentioned during the uh, radiation treatments, your body kind of develops a protective mechanism. Well, one of the protective mechanisms my body developed was that my tongue kind of grew what looked like a shag carpet. It's kind of a... 
Kind of a gross thing to see. But that's how my tongue was protecting itself. The issue was that it had gotten so dense. Literally, it had gotten so dense. I had more hair on my tongue than I had on my head. Let's put it that way, okay? That's how dense this got. They were concerned that it had grown down my throat and was going to cause some issues in my esophagus. So they wanted to put me in the hospital to have an infectious disease doctor look at me. Now remember, you're going through cancer. Now you're going to see an infectious disease doctor. There's a lot of these things going through your head. So I fought it. I was like, I'm not going. I don't want to go. Well, just through some conversations I had with my wife, Michelle, and Pastor Ricky, I decided to go ahead and, and just go and let's get this done over the weekend. So I went into the hospital. Now, here's the cool thing. I was put into a, a semi-private room where I actually had, I had a roommate in the hospital. Well, that night, that gentleman was suffering from some, from some severe intestinal issues. He was up all night. I got no sleep. I was absolutely wore out. But that next morning, and I heard him crying a lot, and there's a lot of doctors coming in and looking at him. There was some serious heavy-duty stuff going on with this young man. Well, in the morning, I got up, and I needed to use the restroom, which was on his side of the room. So I went, and as I came out, I saw him looking at me. So I thought, hey, take, take advantage of the opportunity. So I just started talking to him about what was going on with him, and I asked him if I could pray for him. And he said, Yes. And I said, Do you know God? And he said, Yes. I said, Do you go to church? He says, No, I've walked away from things. I need to get back into my faith. That was the last time I saw that guy. But that weekend, that was what went on for me to be in front of him. The infectious disease doctor came in, and after she looked at my tongue and did a a comb over, as thick as it was, (laughs) after she did that, if you could just see her face, you'd have loved it. You'd 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 have been rolling. Just her eyes were just, it was great. But anyway, they released me. And I've never saw that gentleman again. Do you see how things work out to help other people? Certain struggles in what you're fighting may be there because you're, it may be for you to help somebody else. It also put me in contact with another person who was a nurse, and I needed to have blood done, so the blood, blood drawn. So she was drawing my blood. I thought, you know what? Hey, another opportunity. She's here with me. I'm going to ask her, do you go to church anywhere? And she kind of looked at me funny. I said, well, maybe I first need to ask you, are you a Christian? And she stopped and looked at me again. And she says, no, I'm Catholic. And, and I didn't know what to say. <laughs> Really? I don't know what that means, but well, I just said, well, we've got a church over here. Why don't you come? It's called Brave. <laughs> come check it out. So anyway, funny things happen, but just God puts you, God puts you in places to meet people for a reason. And there were people in line that I met as we were waiting to go through our procedures that had walked away from their faith, that because I was there, I was able to talk to them and pray with them and talk to them about how they need to get plugged back into church. You know, even though I was still weak and hurting, I was still focused on sharing the word and inviting people. I got to the point to realize that, you know, something good had to come out of this. And I wouldn't invite others to church whenever I got a chance to be around them. I would think good things have to come out of this struggle. Why am I going through it? And at times I would think that if I'm being attacked, I'm going to fight back. If I'm being attacked, I want to fight back. I was going to tell others about Christ, pray for them, and invite them to church. The more Satan attacked me, the more I looked for people to share the word with and pray for. And that got me fired up, man. When you sit there and whine and cry about your circumstances, you're looking at the wrong thing. Does that make sense? And and I didn't always feel well. And half the time, things probably didn't come out of my mouth the right way. Emily, I appreciate what you said up here tonight as you were talking about sometimes we won't say things the right way. Yeah, that's how I am a lot of times. But it's your effort that counts. It's your heart that counts. 
you know, I, I didn't always feel well, but whenever I had these encounters, joy just would rise up in me. Joy would rise up and it would strengthen me. Now, there was another attitude adjustment that helped me through this process. And it was what my wife uh, had said to me. She made a statement. And it was towards the middle of my treatment. And I was complaining one day. And she looked at me and said, remember, it could be worse. You want to stop, you know, have like ice water thrown in your face. <laughs> be, be complaining to your wife. And she hit you with that one. Remember, it could be worse. Now, the time she said it, I definitely did not want to hear it. But I knew it was true. And I adopted it for myself. And when I started to become weary and I was muttering, I would start to say to myself, it could be worse. And it seemed to stop the complaining. It made me more thankful what God had done and what he was doing. Even though I was suffering, God was still providing and protecting. So remember that phrase, it could be worse. In his goodness, God even blessed me by showing me several people who were suffering a lot more than I was and how they were still gracious and they were not complaining. They had joy, peace, and thankfulness. Some of them were suffering greater than I was, and they would encourage me. They would encourage me. They were such a great testimony to me. What a lesson I learned. It was incredible to see these, these individuals going through what they went through and how they would take the time out to encourage me. This challenge positioned me, positioned me to see and appreciate to a greater degree what struggles others are going through and how their struggle, how, what the struggles they're going through and how strong their faith was. God was so good to me to let me see this. He developed more compassion in me through the trials, and I'm extremely thankful. To see what others went through, I became more compassionate. How many of you have noticed a change in yourself as you've gone through a struggle? Absolutely. Are you starting to catch on to what these struggles are really for? That's awesome. God really woke me up. I realized our pleasure should be in him and not in our circumstances. Because circumstances will change, but our God is always the same. Circumstances change, but God will always remain. Now, there are two people that quickly I want to mention that left a major impression on me. One was dealing with a severe blood disorder, and he didn't know how long he was going to live. Could you just imagine the stress of not knowing when your body was going to fail and you didn't have long to live? And picture that for a moment. What would your attitude be what would your attitude be like if that was you? Would you be drawing closer to God or would you be pushing him away in anger? Absolutely. There's a lot. Th these questions I hope are making you look at yourself and kind of analyze it. Okay, what would my response really be? What do I need to change here? God positioned me across from this man one day when he was having his treatment and I was having mine. And he was the most positive person I've ever seen. And he was at peace with Jesus. And I had to know what he knew, because I mean, I knew a lot, but I didn't know what this guy knew, because I wasn't at peace, and this guy was at peace, so something he knew, I didn't know. So he shared with me a secret. He said, I have truly learned how to cast my care on Jesus. And I'm like, brother, sign me up for that class, because I, I don't know how to do that one, because I'm still struggling. He was at peace, and he just seemed to radiate that peace. You could see it all over his face, his smile, his demeanor. He was attractive to me. I saw this man at peace as he was struggling, and I wanted to know what he knew. See, I was a basket case. I had those anxious feelings. Remember, I had the steroids going on with the medication at the time I was taking? And he just showed me how to, how to be calm during the storm. Not only that, he was showing me how to be thankful and joyful. 
He just left a lasting impression upon me, and we only met one time. I never saw that man again at any of my treatments. Isn't it wonderful how God brings people briefly into our lives that will say or do something that blesses us and moves us forward on our journey? You all have probably noticed that, haven't you? Just more breadcrumb blessings, I call them. God is so good to us. Now, another person who came to mind was a security guard that worked at the, at the clinic, and his name was Abraham. He was encouraging to all the patients. He was, he was just always positive. He had a cheerful smile, and he helped anybody he could, especially the elderly patients that were there. And the reason I liked him is that we always shared a word about Jesus whenever we'd see each other. He was a Christian. And why he was so special, um, he related to so many people, is because his mother had just passed recently, but then his brother also had passed, and his brother had died of cancer. So he was able to relate to the cancer patients there in the clinic. And he was special to me because he always had a minute for me. He always encouraged me because there was days I didn't want to be there and he would encourage me. I remember one time I remember him cheering me on as, uh, as I tried to take the steps. As the course of the treatment goes on, as I told you, I lost 30 pounds. I lost all my strength and balance. I couldn't walk up the two flights of stairs to the clinic anymore. I had to take the elevator. But after my treatment was over and I was working on, on gaining my strength back, I determined that I was going to walk those steps. And I would take a step and I would stand and just, just not have the energy. I have to wait. And I would go again. I was leaning on the railing. I was pulling myself up. And I would do this every time I went. I just kept stepping. Till finally one time I got to the top step. And my arms went up like Rocky. I, I mean, I really thought I was Rocky. <laughs> and Abraham was over there just clapping real loud in the clinic, cheering me on because he saw the Rocky moment. And the time I declared I was cancer-free, I was able to tell him, and he was so excited. He was so excited for me. He high-fived me. He was so happy I was one of the survivors. However, three months later when I returned for my follow-up visit, I didn't find him. And I was wondering where he was. And I asked for him, and they mentioned to me that he had passed away. I was devastated. He was that smiling face that I was looking forward to seeing at my treatment. But I was also thankful I'd gotten to meet him. See, I believe God had him there in a season, and I was blessed by God to have him. And, and, he, had, and he had him there for me on my toughest days. I just wanted to honor him today and remind you again, God, God often puts people, special people in your life at a certain time with a specific purpose and he, had, and he was the one for me. I'm still impacted when I think of him and how he served people and left a lasting impression. And lastly, one point you may ask, how do you know God's going to work out all things for us? How do you know that? How are you so confident? Well, I'm going to read my wife's favorite scripture. And as you turn to it, Jeremiah 29, 11. Many of you haven't memorized, but we'll read it. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not disaster, to give you a future and a hope. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not disaster, to give you a future and a hope. See, God got, God's got us right where he needs us. God has us right where he needs us. And man, I just... I just love God. I don't know if you all, it's just, he's awesome. He is so awesome what he does for us. If you think about what he's pulled you through, he's incredible. He already has things planned out for your future to bless us when we seek him first. And I want to encourage you, be full of joy, pray often, and be thankful always, and watch where he's going to take you. Yes, you're going to go through some struggles, but there's a purpose. God is so good. 
He is growing you, and he's taking you to your destiny. Look at Joseph and all the struggles he had to go through. But God was building him up for a purpose. He was preparing him because he was going to touch so many people. You see, for me, the purpose in this pain helped me gain a better perspective. It exposed areas where I needed to be strengthened. It exposed weaknesses within me. I didn't contact cancer to be taught a lesson, as I mentioned earlier. However, I learned a lot of lessons going through it. It allowed me to see and learn just how good God is to us. I could do nothing, and he took care of everything. I could do nothing, and he took care of everything. I cannot come through this in my own power, only in God's. There will be a point in your life, there will be a point in your life that you are going to learn this lesson. It allowed me to better understand what Paul meant when he mentions, when we are weak, God is strong. See, to the world, that seems foolish and pathetic. When we, meet, when, we, when we mention our weaknesses, it seems foolish and pathetic to the world. But to me, it's powerful and energizing. The world wants us to live with the illusion that we're in control. Listen, there's no need for God when you think you're in control. That's why the world wants you to believe that. The world wants us to believe that we make it happen. Or if it's to be, it's up to me. You ever heard that? I mean, those sayings are partially true. Don't get me wrong. We do determine our actions and our attitudes. But our actions and our attitudes are to be brought into submission to God. Our actions and attitudes are to be brought into submission to God. To be truly powerful, we need to realize what Jesus said. We can do nothing apart from God. We can do nothing apart from God. And because of this trial I experienced, I learned that lesson. I will revel in my weakness, for I know that I cannot get through this on my own. It is only the goodness of God, and to him be all the glory. Learning this allowed me to share a word with someone recently, my oncology nurse. I went in for one of my follow-ups. She hadn't seen me in six months. And when she saw me, she said, boy, you really look good. And I said, hey, it's through the power of God because I couldn't do this on my own. I said, God is good. And she said all the time. I said, well, I know I've got a believer right now. So we started to talk a little bit, and I shared with her how the only way I got through cancer was because of God. I had gotten so weak, I could not have done it without him. And that was a major lesson I learned. I told her that only he could heal me, and he pulled me through. And it reminded me of the scripture, 2 Corinthians 12, 8 through 9. 2 Corinthians 12, 8 through 9. Three different times I begged the Lord to take it away. Each time he said, my grace is all you need. My grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of God can work through me. I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so the power of God can work through me. This experience I shared with her made a tear come to her eye, and she said that she needed to hear it. Now, here's the cool thing. She wasn't scheduled, she wasn't scheduled to be my nurse that day. She felt prompted, she said, to pick up my chart when she saw me walk in. Interesting things. I've shared that statement with many people about being weak and God is strong. They don't even blink an eye. Sometimes they only blink an eye. However, I shared with one more person. I could have become weary in telling it when others didn't respond, but it's my testimony. And by sticking with it and telling anyone who asks, the one God wants to hear it will cross my path. When you stick with something, the one that God wants to hear it, they will hear what you have to say. You keep speaking. 
Now, I'm still learning from this trial as I continue to reflect. This is one thing I'm confident that I can share with you. We will go through trials. But if we persevere, we will come out the other side with a stronger testimony, a closer relationship with God, and be more impactful for the kingdom. Absolutely. We're going to be able to touch more people. And speaking of that, I want to finish here with uh, point number three. How does community factor in the situation? Point number three. We're actually going to hold off on a minute, Andrews. I'll do that in a second. So thank you. Um, <laughs> I'll bring up here in a minute. So how does community, do you like how we just kind of go in the flow? Just <laughs> how does community factor in the situation? I didn't realize the impact others can have on me during the trial. Overcoming cancer shouldn't be an individual thing. Yes, I was the one going through it, physically and mentally. However, the outreach from people when the word was humbling. The outreach from people was humbling. We don't realize the impact we have on people until something traumatic happens to us, and then they impact us. I was so extremely thankful for the people who overwhelmed us with encouraging, encouragement and prayers. I don't want to mention names, as I know I'll forget somebody, but I do want to mention some things that people did. Those of you here in the church, these are some things that folks did for us. People were sending me cards of encouragement. Some would come weekly and monthly. We had people sending us encouraging text messages every couple days. We had people send us food and bring us meals. They, all, they sent us teas and gift cards, a blanket, special clothes, and masks to go through the treatment with. I even had somebody give me a handmade uh, tumbler with scripture on it. We even had people come and help us with our home and our yard. I was so in awe and thankful for the prayers and support that we received from people. See, what people might not know, there were many times I was so weak and down, and something in the mail would come and it would lift me up. You might not even thought about it when you wrote it to me. There were several times I was laying in a clinic receiving treatments, and an encouraging text would come in out of the blue, and it would lift me. The person who sent it didn't even know I'm laying there with the IV bag stuck into my chest at the time. And that was the thing that came through and lifted me up and got me through the treatment that day. And I want to honor and thank all of you who are hearing this. I can't thank you enough of what you did and how much you helped us. It was a huge help to us. But better yet, what it allowed, it allowed my girls to witness the caring nature of people. It allowed my girls to see how much the church cares about the people. And to me, that is, I'll, I'll forever be eternally grateful for that. It's just so cool to see the word ring true again. In Ephesians 4.29, if you want to look it up, I'll share this. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And those of you who sent us encouraging texts and gifts and things of that nature, you really were speaking to us, so to say. You might not have been there physically with me to say the words, but what your actions did spoke so loud. For those things are what uplifted me. Even as I was struggling with the pain, they would give me a jolt of joy. They were great inspiration. They gave me a great inspiration to keep going. So I, I want to thank you all in here again for everything you did for us. And you know, this shouldn't really uh, be a surprise. Pastor Ricky talked about this when he was talking about the book of Nehemiah, that next to them principle, that next to them, the community working together to rebuild the wall. Your acts of kindness were helping rebuild me. Your acts of kindness helped rebuild me. So I just want to, take, so I just want to make sure that everyone knew how much we appreciated everything 
that they did for us and how, how helpful it was. Because of this, I want to encourage everyone to tie tight and to brave and get to know people. You'd be amazed at how others can encourage you to do greater things. I'd encourage you to get involved with community groups. Develop those relationships. People that you can go through life with. I'm so glad we did. They were there for me when I needed them. And as I stated before, too, God has a way of putting us with people that we need. They come into our lives for a period of time, and they bring something that we need. Take advantage of the opportunity afforded you to be part of groups when the time does come up. Not only will someone be able to encourage you, but you might be able to encourage someone else. You might be part of that group because you're there to help somebody else. And when you're not part of a group, you really miss out. You really do miss out. You don't get that encouragement that you may need. And you miss out on the blessings of being there for somebody else. So lastly, talking about support, I want to recognize our families real quick. When we go through struggles, the family is also affected. I was so blessed that my girls and Michelle were so supportive, and I'm sure they were scared at times. Just seeing me melt away before their eyes and all the pain I was in, however, they helped me immensely. And speaking of Michelle, I want to mention the wives in here real quick. In Proverbs 18.22, God says, He who finds a wife finds what is good and receives favor from the Lord. The man who finds a wife finds a good thing, and I got a great thing. I think you all would agree that you got a great thing also. And I want to honor my spouse, Michelle. She's an amazing person, and she was a rocket for us at times. I could not have made it through without her. And ladies, I'm sure your husband would say the same things about you. Michelle took over everything that needed to be done in our home because I couldn't do it. She creatively prepared my protein shakes. And if you want to have some creative uh, recipes, get with her. (laughs) They were quite creative. If it wasn't for her, I'd have stopped eating completely. She watched as my body just shriveled and never showed fear. She drove me to and from my treatments when I was too weak and didn't feel well. She encouraged me. And at times, ladies, she lit a fire under my rear when I was speaking negative. She prayed often and sacrificed getting with other ladies just so that she wouldn't bring any germs near me when I was susceptible. She was amazing throughout the process. And Michelle, I just want to publicly thank you for everything you did. And I want to honor you and just honor you for showing our girls what a spouse does for another spouse when sacrifice is needed. So men... I want you to realize, as you probably already do, that when you're married, God's shown you favor. When God gives you something good, you cherish it. He gave you something good with your spouses, so make sure you're cherishing and honoring them. And ladies, thank you for supporting your husbands. I just want to let you know that you can really build up your godly man, ladies, when you speak affirming words into him and encourage him. When you build him up, there aren't, there aren't too many things he wouldn't want to do for you. But if you don't build him up, there aren't too many things he wants to do for you. Let me read that again. When you build him up, there aren't too many things he doesn't want to do for you. But if you don't build him up, there aren't too many things that he wants to do for you. And men, that goes for us also with our spouses. Are we building up our wives? So summarizing, final point here about community. Just plug into the church. Plug in as tight as you can to our community groups, and even serve. Get to know God and develop the life relationships because that's what we're supposed to do. 
develop the life relationships. We're supposed to touch other people. We're here to speak life into each other and support each other. And I'm thankful that we plugged in. And I'm going to wrap up. Andrews, if you would like to come up now. I'm going to land here with the three points from the last two weeks that we talked about. Number one, what is our response when God doesn't reply the way we want? You keep stepping, remember? You tighten your grip and you stick with it. You're going to persevere. Remember, folks, the finally is on its way. What you've been waiting for is finally coming. It might not always look the way that you want it to, but it's the way God wants it to. Number two, can we find purpose in the pain? Remember, there are going to be people brought into your life to encourage you and that you're supposed to also encourage. There are going to be people that are brought into your life to encourage you and that you're also supposed to encourage. Your testimony is being strengthened so that you can help other people. That me too principle. Remember the saying, it could be worse. When you say that, you'll start to notice your, you'll start noticing the goodness of God in your life. It could be worse. And also, please remember Romans 8.28. If you have to write it out and repeat it to yourself often to encourage yourself, remember, God is working things out for our good. God is working things out for our good. And number three, how does community factor into the situation? Remember to honor each other and to keep building each other up. Remember that next-to-them principle. Get involved with others to help build them up, and you're going to get built up in return. What you sow, you're going to reap. Build others up, and you'll get built up also. And finally, remember the will of God for your life. I really want you to get this verse, 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. And know this, I have never seen, I have never seen those who do the will of God ever be forsaken. Those who love God have never been forsaken. And I hope I brought you some encouragement and maybe you touched on some things that you're secretly dealing with today. I want you to, I want to encourage you just to realize things might not look the way You see them in your mind. However, God is good, and he does have a plan or purpose for you in your life. Please don't ever doubt that. And I do want to strongly encourage you to tie into a break group when the time comes up. Try a few out and see where you connect best. The strength and comfort of having others pray and support you is tremendous. I can't say enough about it. Take advantage of the opportunity when it's offered. So as I land here, I know some of you may be struggling with something right now, so I'd like to pray for you. Are any of you struggling with a situation that, we, that is we're describing? It doesn't have to be as strong as cancer, but something that's been bothering you that you've been trying to deal with for a long time. Just raise your hand if you don't mind. Yeah, raise them up high. There's a purpose. I want to just encourage you. There's a purpose for what you're going through. God has a plan. You're going to come through this stronger, and you're going to be blessed. I want you to look for those many blessings as you're going. And remember, they're breadcrumbs to keep you going forward. So I'm going to pray for you all real quick. Father, thank you for today, Lord. Thank you for your word. Thank you for this church, Lord. Thank you for these people. Lord, I just pray that we're always receptive to you and your guidance, Lord.
that we let go of what we want, Lord, and we seek after what you want, Lord, that we are truly joyful, that we pray often, Lord, and that we're thankful in these circumstances because we know you're working them out for our good, Lord, that you have a plan and a purpose for our future, and it's for good. It's to help us, Lord. I'm so thankful, God, for what you do for us, and we love you, Lord. Protect and provide, Lord. Give clarity to these individuals, Lord, as they're going through their struggle, and just encourage them, Father, so they can continue to go forward. Help them to keep stepping, Lord, till they're finally arrives. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.